You're listening to Agile Ideas, the podcast, hosted by Fatima Rabucci. For anyone listening out there not having a good day, please know there is help out there. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Agile Ideas, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Today, I thought I would share a little bit more insight into how to get more organized, particularly if you are anything like me, running a business or have a desire to run a business. And maybe you're not running a business. Maybe you are, in fact, um, working in a busy corporate job, or maybe you are are working full time, but also trying to uh, manage a million other things at the same time and trying to juggle all of it. Many people at the moment are probably doing a lot of homeschooling as well as trying to work in their normal day jobs as well as maybe running a side business as well. It can be quite quite chaotic trying to do all of that and stay on top of everything and managing your time wisely so that you can deliver as much value as possible to your family, to your customers and to your colleagues. So one of the things that I thought would be helpful and beneficial for you today is to share with you some insights around my nine-step process that I undertake every week. Typically, it takes place on a Sunday, um, late afternoon on a Sunday to get prepared for the week ahead, but I am considering making this something that I do possibly on a um, a Saturday morning or end of day Friday. But it's my nine-step weekly checklist. It's a checklist of activities that I undertake and they help me to make sure that I am as practically organized as possible to revisit and understand the week that's passed and also so that I am better prepared for the week ahead. Now, it may sound very simple and the idea of having a checklist to plan out your week ahead and look at the week Um, prior. But it's actually so important because taking the time, even if it's the smallest amount of time, even if you get 15 minutes to just plan, just a little bit of planning, it can actually provide clarity and also give you the headspace in order for you to focus on your key goals and objectives, whatever those goals and objectives are. They may be to be spending more time with your kids or that might be to spend more time on your side hustle. Whatever those goals and objectives are, having a consistent, clear and well-defined process can make and streamline the way that your week goes. And so today I thought rather than telling you about just the importance of planning, I thought I would share the specific nine steps and give you a bit of context around the steps in hope that you could use those steps for yourself and could try them immediately. So let's get into it. Now, I will just precursor this podcast episode by saying, regardless of the fact that you um, may, regardless of what tools you may or may not use, not really um, relevant to the nine steps, they can be done with no tools. Um, I think you probably will have to have some form of calendar, but you could use any tool or system that you've got. Um, And if you don't have something, some of the ones I will mention may be helpful for you to consider. So let's get into it and let's start with the first task. 
out of my nine steps. Now, these tasks can be done sequentially. I typically do them sequentially. Do they need to be done in that order? Maybe not. But I find now that I've got into a rhythm and I form that habit. You know, they're saying it takes about 28 days to form a habit. So I've been doing this process now for I think as long as I've been running my business agile management office, which has now been going for four years and even prior in my first business, which means I've been running this process consecutively for about seven or eight years now. So it works. It really does help. So step one, integrate all loose paperwork. So that means go have a look in your handbag, your wallet, look at your the loose papers on your desk. Maybe there's loose paperwork in your on your kitchen table, maybe in the dining room, wherever you think that there might be some loose papers. Now that loose papers refers to things such as receipts, or it might be incoming mail. Maybe it's outgoing mail. Maybe it's newsletters from the kids' um, school school um, school newsletters, for example. Um, it might be receipts from purchases that you've made, either business or not business related, that you might need to claim or save for tax time. It might be notebooks full of um, ideas and actions that you think about doing and you want to do at some point in time and you just haven't actually filed them yet. Integrate any loose papers that you've got, bring them all together and doing so enables you to proceed to the second step which is processing those notes. So here you're processing not only the loose papers that you've identified because nobody likes clutter. Um, Clutter is not good for the mind. So once you've taken the first step of integrating them and bringing them all together and assessing them and actioning them, you then proceed to step two, which is processing your notes. Now, processing your notes involves things like, I look back at actions and meeting minutes that I might have been part of for the previous week. And I flick through notebooks. I tend to take a lot of actions both online um, in my online notebook as well as on paper-based notebook. Sometimes when I'm in the middle of a call or in the middle of a meeting or something comes to mind, I've got a little uh, a little pile of post-it notes and I usually just scribble down some notes there as well. So you might do something similar to that. I also check um, all my emails that are outstanding Um Depending on how you process your emails, for me, I try to get my inbox to zero um, because, it, again, declutters. Um, and once you do it, it takes a while to do it when you've never done it before. But once you declutter your email, it actually makes things a lot more streamlined because as things come in, you can prioritize them and categorize them. So in step two, you're processing your notes. Now, for me, one of the most useful tools I've ever used, and I've been using this tool quite religiously now for about eight years, is Evernote. So E-V-E-R-N-O-T-E. I have no affiliation with Evernote, but I have been using their product for a really long time. And it's one of the most easiest way of taking a, a, sna- a snapshot on your phone, and then you can forward it to Evernote, and it will go into the um, Evernote on um, cloud-based Uh, notebook effectively. I have got over 35 notebooks in Evernote, which means that any meeting or any activities that I've got or any projects that I've got, I can actually file actions and emails and anything that comes through that relates to uh, that particular item or that notebook. 
Evernote is really good to enable you to process your notes and you can put tags against them. So if it's to do with a birthday party, you can, you know, do a hashtag for birthday, the year, the month, the person. It has such a great search functionality. And so it's one of the things that I don't live without. I I would say I probably access Evernote about two or three times a day. And the best thing is they do have an app and you can use it on your phone as well. So now you've stepped step one, integrated in your loose papers. You've done step two, processing your notes. Now we move to step three. Now it's reviewing the past week calendar. Now sometimes you um, may get busy and distracted and if you're like me, we might find that there is an activity in the calendar that was missed from you know a, a previous day. If you don't take the time to review the past week's calendar and make sure that everything that you hope to achieve um, was achieved, but more importantly, that there's nothing that's outstanding that wasn't completed. For example, with this podcast, sometimes I have um, guests on for interview and I like to send them um, a questionnaire and ask them to um, give me more information about themselves. And I might have a reminder in the diary for that. Now, if I don't remember to send that to the guest, then they're not going to get the information well in advance of the podcast recording. So reviewing the past week calendars, looking at any any activities that were not completed that you need to transfer to a future date, looking at any tasks that were not finished that need to be transferred to a future date or possibly deleted, and reviewing the past week's calendar to really think about whether or not you found that you had enough focus time to work on the things that matter to you. Step four is about viewing all upcoming events on your calendar. Now, this is not just about the week ahead, but at a minimum, you look a week ahead. I like to suggest that if you don't have time to do any more, then just stick with the, the, the coming week or fortnight, but always trying to be proactive and thinking about things a few steps ahead, particularly if you are you know, running a business or have multiple competing priorities, looking at things uh, two, three, four weeks in advance helps you because if you identify that you have an event coming up that you need to organize gifts for, or if you're like me and you've got a speaking engagement, you've got to prepare webinar slides and these things take time to review, etc. Having that foresight is really, really critical. Now, with Um, checking your calendar. It doesn't matter what calendar tool you're using. For some people might be using a notebook and that's fine. I find that having an online calendar, um, which I do use Outlook predominantly for that, makes a huge amount of sense for me because I like to have access to my my calendar rather at all times. Once you've viewed the upcoming events, what you need to include in your calendar is a number of key things. One, planning time. So this is your the time for you to think. So thinking time, planning time, thinking time, whatever you want to call it. Having that time in your calendar will enable you to take purposeful steps to really think about the things that are important and the things that are going to help you meet your goals and your objectives. So having some think time, I like to recommend that that time is at least an hour a day if you can and if you can't do it an hour a day because of you know other commitments then maybe even try to block out a couple of hours once a week and make that your focus time that's the time that is really imperative for you to really reset for the coming weeks and months ahead 
Another thing that I recommend people plan for is put post-meeting time in your diary. What's that? Well, sometimes we have meetings and then afterwards actions come out of them. Now, regardless of the length of your meeting, it might be 30 minutes, it might be an hour, it might be more or less. I usually try to make a meeting less than an hour so that I can allow, allow some time to process any actions immediately or at least lodge them into our project um, schedule or into our calendar. And so having post-meeting time, if you don't already have time allocated after a meeting as a buffer, at least 15 minutes, that would probably be sufficient. Then I recommend you start doing that because then you won't be flustered going from meeting to meeting, which can often really happen. And you know what they say, once people book, once you've booked time out in your diary, people shouldn't be able to book it. And if they do, well, you already had your, your meeting time there. The third thing that I like to book into my diary is travel time. So people often underestimate the fact that travel time to and from clients or to and from work or to and from school, whatever it might be, takes time, valuable time. And I like to get a view of the time um, in my week that I'm spending traveling. And I try to minimize commuting so I can do that over maybe traveling into the CBD um, a couple of times a week, let's say, rather than maybe traveling in and out of the city five times, um, five to five days across the week, because it, it makes sense to batch the travel as much as possible. So allocating some travel time into your calendar is really helpful. Um, so you know when you need to be ready to leave. Um, phone call times. So if you know you need to make a call, lock lock it in to a time, approximate time, schedule it. Because if you just put a note in your diary that you need to make a call that day, you probably won't get around to it and you'll get distracted with other things. And most calls usually don't take less than 15 minutes um, depending on what the call is. So try to lock at least 15 minutes to allow for that call to take place. Um, additional items to consider, uh, for example, I do a lot of volunteering work and we um, are not paid but we are reimbursed for our travel time. So after each of those events, I have a reminder in the calendar the following day to submit a reimbursement form. So these are the things that I'm talking about to think practically and thinking in ahead and enabling yourself to be better organized by putting these into your calendar because then you actually have the have them in there and you can continue to do that and it will make your, your day and your week much more um, organized. From a tools perspective, um, any calendar will do. I use Outlook, you know, there's Gmail, there's Lotus Notes, there's um, paper paper diaries, whatever you want to use. I also like to use um, Microsoft To Do, which used to be referred to as Wonderlist. Um, that's basically my personal To Do. What I love about it is it links to my email and also lets me put in um, different dates for when things are due and gives me a running list in kind of schedule order of what what's coming up. And I also use um, our customer relationship management tool, also known as the CRM. That helps me to make sure that anything to do with customers is well managed, whether it's tasks, activities, projects, etc. They're the, probably the key um, systems and tools relevant. Um, within our business, we use um, some project scheduling tools, but that's for project management. So you might have other tools that you want to use as well, but keeping it really simple, looking at your calendar. So that was step four about viewing upcoming events. Step five is reviewing long-term goals, your strategy, if, if whether it's a personal strategy for, for your life's goals or whether it's a business strategy or both, and then also reviewing projects that you might have. Um, in this stage, 
for me, I like to plan in 90-day increments. Um, having some goals that I want to achieve in 90 days effectively breaks up um, the year into four chunks um, or four clusters. And it really does help because it can give you that little bit of pressure that you need to be able to deliver the things that you know you want to deliver by reducing the time frame to actually make progress towards it. In addition to projects for customers, I also have personal projects that I want to achieve, whether it's, you know, building a house or planning a big birthday celebration. And so I usually have a list of those um, and activities that are underneath that. So I'm always reviewing those to keep an eye on when there are things that are coming up for those that are determined by their date or by their priority that I have actually allocated and scheduled enough time for them into my uh, my calendar as well. So that's another thing that um, reviewing long-term goals and, and strategic objectives and your project requirements, personal projects or projects that relate to um, your business are being well thought about. Additionally, when reviewing long-term, think about any upcoming major events. For example, if you've got an anniversary coming up or do you have maybe an, a work anniversary or perhaps you've got a big trip planned. So you got to think about what it is that you're trying to, what it is that you're going to um, have coming up and start working backwards in order to plan for it. Because we all know the pressure gets to us, we get very distracted and then before we know it, it's our 10-year anniversary and we haven't made any plans. So having this foresight for upcoming major events also really helpful. One of the other things I like to do when reviewing long-term goals and strategies, although I have an indicative time frame for those, I don't usually have specific dates. The dates become relevant when I move those goals and strategic objectives, well, the next action to make that goal or strategic objective possible and put that into my calendar. And so I take usually a, a look at maybe the top 10 things um, for that for that 90 days and then I make sure I allocate time for me to focus on them inside um, inside the, the next three months, the next 90 days. Now, with from a tools perspective, I really simply started off and continue to use Microsoft Excel, although I am sort of starting to transition to some more um, automated project tools. But for now, keeping a list in Excel is more than fine. And I also use mind mapping software. And that's referred to as X mind. So X, the letter X, and then the word mind. Um, and that enables me to do flow charts and process maps and other things that allows me to basically mind map these strategic goals and objectives and um, how they come together. And, you know, it looks like a big octopus with all these different arms and how all the things link to each other. So that's step five. Step six is reviewing action lists and checking recurring um, tasks. Now, the action lists are a sub a substep of the reviewing long-term goals because in order to achieve your long-term goals, you would have actions that you need to take and you need to decide of all of the actions you could take, which ones are you going to take first. And so reviewing action lists and checking recurring tasks means that you can actually think about what are the things that you need to do to take your goals further and then actually allocating them um, and the required effort into your calendar as well. Doing so means that you're going to make time to do them. If we don't put it into our calendar, we don't have a, ever have the time. We are always so busy, but we are busy because we don't actually make or have the time to do it. 
And so this is why reviewing those actions and also looking at recurring tasks um, and making sure there's time allocated for them. Now, with recurring tasks, let me just clarify that recurring tasks are things that you do every, basically every week or maybe every month that you just know you need to do. And so having them separated out into their own list makes it really easy because you can put a recurring calendar reminder for them. For example, in my business, small business, we process the payroll every month. And in that processing of the payroll, it's a repetitive task that needs to happen on a particular date in the month. Now, there's no point in putting that into the action list and every month looking at it in in amongst everything else that needs to be prioritized. That's a task that's recurring that needs to happen no matter what. So I put that on the recurring tasks list. And that really just helps because what that means is as you grow, if you are running a business, as you grow, you can start to think about how you can outsource some of those recurring tasks. And that recurring task list might grow in time as well. Number seven, review um, follow-up lists. So review follow-up basically means if you are running business, what customers do you need to follow up with? If you are a you know, a school teacher, what uh, parents you have to follow up with. If you are, um, you know, a stay-at-home parent that maybe has a side hustle, um, is there any businesses that you need to follow up with? Or maybe you need to follow up with members of your extended family, whatever it might be. The follow-up list is basically gives you um, a reminder of people that you need to speak to about certain things. For example, my follow-up lists are projects, customers, staff, And then I've also got a follow-up list for my lawyer, for my accountant, um, and for my doctor as an example. And what that means is I'm not going to be seeing my doctor or my accountant or my lawyer all the time, but when I get to a point where I'm having an appointment with them, I would want to have a list ready to go of the things that I want to discuss with them. So I actually keep a list of the things that I need to discuss with them and keep adding to it. Um, And I do that using... um, Microsoft to do, which was known as Wonderlist. And I just have the person's name or the profession, say doctor or accountant, and I list out the things that I need to to look at. So when I get to follow up lists um, on my number seven of nine steps, I basically look through that and say, okay, what, um, if anything, do I need to follow up? I might just look at that at a quick glance and realize there's no further action. Or I might realize, hey, I've actually got my doctor's appointment coming up and therefore I actually need to Um, you know, follow up on these things or there's something I need to do beforehand. So that's number seven. Number eight is working progress files. So this really is about active in-flight projects, whether it's a personal project or whether it's a client company project, project being a specific um, outcome that you're working to achieve within a specific time frame. And that particular uh, project itself, whether it be personal or professional or it's related to your business. So I just check those work in progress um, files. Now, depending on how you run projects, you might choose to run projects um, and do so via a project management software. You might be using Excel. However it is that you do that, Um, it's just checking and seeing how you're progressing to those And with that, the main activity that comes out of reviewing and checking those work in progress files is understanding what, if anything, needs to happen um, and making sure that you're on track. So I would check things like deadlines or I would check if there's any activities 
that um, were supposed to happen in the last week that haven't happened yet. And so that's pretty much what the check work in progress files relates to. And then finally, step nine. Now, I know this sounds like a lot of steps and it is, but really it doesn't take me more than a couple of hours to do. And as I said, not all steps are heavily involving time, a lot of time. It just depends on how much you've got going on and whether you're applying this to your business, your life, etc. So final step, step nine. So in step nine, it is scheduling the week ahead in activity blocks. What that means is taking your calendar, thinking about all the things that you might need to book in that you might not already have in your calendar and blocking the time in there for those things. For example, the reason this is important is because what can't be um, what can't be managed can't be measured and also because if you don't put things in your diary and plan out your day the way that you expect the day to go, um, it makes it harder for anyone else working with you who maybe has, has access to your calendar, a partner or a colleague, etc. But also for yourself, if you have open blocks of time in your diary that you haven't allocated for thinking or for personal um, leisure or whatever it might be, then you've just got empty spots in your diary that are just there and you'll just fill them with probably things that are not that important. So as a result, you um, should I highly recommend that you actually allocate things into your diary. Now, if you are, if you um, already work and you're working on a roster basis, you would probably have your work shifts in there. But then all the times around outside of that, or if you work full time and maybe you have a side hustle, then you might schedule things in and around your full time work. Regardless of what kind of work you you do or what, whether you run a business or not, I like to try to fill up my diary. Um, as much as possible with the things that I know I need to do. For example, the things that I like to put in the calendar is reading time, travel time, um, any administration work. I usually allocate an, an hour for administration once a day, particularly while I'm running a business. I allocate marketing blocks. So I do a marketing checkpoint, um, which takes about 10 minutes every day, and then a marketing content calendar day a marketing content day rather once once a month as well. And I'm going to do a podcast about that and about marketing in small business because I've been able to figure out some ways to do it that's really cost me nothing. And I think that there could be some value for some of you um, on a future podcast there. I also put in time for filing. That's, you know, sometimes necessary when you're running a business. Um, also schedule time for social activities and health, walking, Pilates, um, spending time with friends or family. Putting time in the diary for paying your bills and financials, if you do that once a week, for example, like I do. Um, spending time um, doing things in relation to projects, so project work, chunks of time to work on those projects that you know are in progress, um, and maybe even time for writing or recording. For example, I allocate time to record a podcast um, every every week on a Sunday. So these are the sorts of things that work for me. Yours may be different, but the idea is that when I look at my week ahead, that of course, if something comes up that's out of our control, we will have to make adjustments. But let's assume that doesn't happen. We say, okay, next week we've got our week planned out and I know what I'm doing for majority of the week. I've allocated time for projects and personal things and time for admin and time for thinking. I've blocked out my whole diary and I've batched everything. So in all my financials will happen together. All my marketing will happen together. 
um, and so forth. So doing that, bringing them all together, what that means is it's going to help provide um, that visibility and also some clarity because you'll know you won't wake up in the morning and do what I used to do and think, oh, what am I going to work on today and, you know, spend half the day procrastinating. So planning is the enemy of procrastination and this is why I recommend to at least take into consideration, if nothing else, just to think about planning out your week and actually allocating things into your diary. Um, I know it sounds probably over the top by filling up your whole week. Um, you, if you're the type of person who's very spontaneous and doesn't think that that is, you know, productive for them, okay, I understand. Um, but I just think that it's something that I've seen work well and it does really help to calm um, the nerves uh, when you think about everything you've got to do um, in the week, months, etc. So recapping quickly on the nine steps. Number one, integrate all loose papers. Number two, process your notes. Number three, review the past week's calendar. Number four, view upcoming events on your calendar and then include time for certain things such as thinking time. Number five, review long-term goals and strategy and projects. Number six, review action lists and check recurring. Number seven, review follow-up lists. Number eight, check your work in progress files. And number nine, schedule week ahead activity blocks and batch those. So there you have it. There is my nine-step process that I undertake each week. Um, I almost haven't missed a week um, if I don't have enough time to do them all at the very minimum. I just focus on my calendar. Um, But that hopefully will help you in your endeavors moving forward. Um, And if you have found it helpful or you want any more information, please reach out to me and I will be um, happy to share that further. Otherwise, um, that's pretty much it for today. And I look forward to sharing more insights on the next episode of Agile Ideas. I hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We welcome any feedback. Please let us know by going to www.agilemanagementoffice.com forward slash agile ideas. You can also find us on most social media channels by searching agile ideas or follow me on LinkedIn. Thank you for listening. Please share or rate this if you enjoyed it. I hope you've been able to learn, feel, think, or be inspired today. Until next time, what's your agile idea?